Would you turn to 1 Samuel this morning? 1 Samuel, the second chapter. We've been on this for some weeks now, uh, talking about reverence and glory and the connection between the two. And our text here in 1 Samuel 2, 1 Samuel 2 and the 30th verse, the latter part of it says, For them that honor me, God's talking, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Them that honor me, what will happen? Who's talking? How many know you can count on that? If he said that's what had happened, that's what had happened, just as surely as you do what he said. But we're not waiting on him, are we? What did this start off with? Them that honor me. Then what happens? I will honor. Everything in the kingdom of God, and in fact in all creation, operates on the principle of sowing and reaping. You sow, and then you reap everything. Somebody said, everything, everything. You are sitting here because of seed time and harvest. Your body and your seed and your spirit. You're born again, the Bible says, of incorruptible seed. The Word of God. The Word of God is seed, isn't it? And the Bible calls you ground. What's going on right now? Hmm? Seed is being sown. And if it's just my words and my seed, then it's a corruptible seed. But if I'm reading his words, if I'm proclaiming and the anointing is enabling me to speak his words, if he's speaking through me, or any other man or woman of God, seed is being sown. Yes. When you're sitting down with your Bible by yourself at your house and reading it out loud, reading it silently, seed is being sown. Yes. Incorruptible seed. Will it produce a harvest? Yes. How many got changes in your life from how it used to be? And how many draw the connection right back to the word that's been sown into your life? And that word is producing results. His word will not return unto him void. It will accomplish. It will prosper in the thing that it is meant and sent to do. Somebody say, I believe it. I receive it. So uh, it should be an exciting time. Every time we open our Bible and start reading, it should be an exciting time. Every time we come to church and the word of God is read and taught and preached. Why? Because my life is changing. My life, the Word of God will come in me, and it'll either be planted for the first time, or it'll be watered if it's already been planted, but it'll increase. And it'll put roots downward and deep, and it'll reach up, branches up and out, until fruit is born in this physical realm where I and others can enjoy it. The Word produces real and lasting righteous fruit. He said, them that honor me, I will honor. He said, they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So despising and lightly esteeming are the opposite of honoring. Like we've said before, despising in the modern vernacular has come to mean something differently than in uh, Bible usage. And people think, well, I don't despise God. I mean, they think that means disgust and disdain and but really despising according to the Bible can be as simple as not appreciating not valuing despising can be as simple as ignoring and those that despise me ignore me don't treat me and my things as valuable I will esteem lightly if you so honor what do you get If you sow disrespect, what do you get? Disrespect. And if you are experiencing some bad things in your life, you want to look and see if you've sown some bad seed. If you're not experiencing some good things that you desire, you want to look at your sowing. Have I been sowing that? 
So many times people say, well, I don't have any real friends. Nobody's a real friend to me. Are you a real friend? Have you sown real friendship? If you want more friendship and better friends, what do you do? Sow friendship seed. Nobody's loyal to me. Everybody forsakes me. Everybody leaves me. Have you been loyal? Are you faithful? Are you with me now? Well, people are mean to me. Have you been mean to people? (laughs) Everything in this life operates by the principle of sowing and reaping both good and bad. So let's stop sowing bad seed. Let's stop being mean. Let's stop holding grudges. Let's stop bailing on people and leaving them in a hard spot. Let's sow good seed. Let's stop sowing bad seed and let's sow lots of good seed and sow it bountifully so that we'll reap good seed bountifully. (laughs) Some folk need to believe for some crop failures (laughs) and then start sowing some good seed. (laughs) In talking about this great truth, those that honor me, I'll honor, it covers so much ground. When the Lord honors us, how would he do that? Well, we've been talking for the past several weeks on how to honor, how to show honor. And it would include how we show honor to God. It would include how he shows honor to us. It's all going to be uh, similar things because it's just the truth of how to show honor. One way the Lord honors us is with his presence. That's one of the greatest ways that he honors us. How many would like to have a stronger manifestation Of the presence of God in your house, in your car, at your workplace. Could you initiate it? Is there something you can do that will cause it to be so? Yes. If you honor him more, he will honor you more. Now we gave four things and we've described it in different ways. But I want to continue with that how to show honor. We've talked about the great benefits of it and how desirable it is and how wonderful and important it is. But we've been talking about, okay, how do we do it? How do we show more honor to God? And we've found that God receives honor also by showing honor to men and people. So by showing honor to him directly and by showing honor to his, we honor him. And we said we show honor by how we refer to him, our people, refer, or you could say how you speak of. We don't teach our children to refer to their parents on a first name basis. We don't call our wife our old lady. We don't call our father our old man. We refer to God reverently. That's why we don't use his name in vain. That's why we don't couple the words for God or the name of Jesus with a slander word or a damn word. Why? Because we respect God. And he's not the dammer and he's not the curser. We don't use his name as a byword. Now, an area that it's popular to use the Lord's name in vain that a lot of people don't realize is this phrase. Oh, my God. People think it's cute. Teenagers think it's cute to clasp their face and go, oh, my God. Well, if you use the word God, you either need to be talking to him or talking about him. Elsewise, you're using his name in vain for no reason. And it's extremely disrespectful, isn't it? And people don't see anything, oh, they wouldn't dare say, damn, and Jesus or God together, but they'll say that all day long. Well, it's not okay. Are you with me now? You say something about Jesus, you say something about God, tell me what you should be doing. Talking to them or about them, not just using the names and the words as a byword, as an expression, an exclamation. No, no. So how you refer to God and people, you show honor. Also, we talked about prefer, to give place to, and with that, defer. And we were talking quite a bit about that last week. We shouldn't go around and make plans and do things and act like we don't have a head. 
we got somebody over us. And we have to ask permission about everything. I'm my own man. I don't have to ask anybody. Well, then you're not God's man. We need to show it in our uh, dealings with other men. How many know children should be taught honor and they should have no problem telling their friends, I've got to ask mama. I've got to ask daddy. And if they got problems with that, it needs to be dealt with. The wife should have no trouble saying, I need to ask my husband. Oh, that was powerful. (laughs) Employees should have no problem saying, I need to ask my boss. I need to ask my boss. I can't just tell you that. People in the church should have no problem saying, I need to ask my pastors. This is almost unheard of. People don't even know what you're talking about. But it's because we've lost so much ground. And how many know every believer every day ought to ask the Lord in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's why I said, don't just make your plans and say, I'm going to go here and buy and sell. I'm going to go to this city and do that and just make your, what was he saying was wrong with that? You're not asking God. You're not checking in with him. You're acting like you don't have a head. Defer to the greater place. Defer to the greater anointing. Defer to the Lord and to those he's placed over you. Somebody say defer Defer. and prefer. Now let's go into this one. This is the fourth one. And another way of saying it is how you see things, how you uh, hear things, and how you uh, speak about things, and how you treat things. Are people. And this last category is the same as confer. How you treat someone, how you treat the Lord, his things, or how you confer upon. You can show honor to God and man by conferring things upon. Things and favors. And we're particularly talking about material things. Go to Proverbs 3, please, and let's look at the scriptures on this, because this is an area that is, uh, is strongly under attack right now, and we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. And uh, the Lord's ministered to me strong about this all last night. Actually, I hardly got any sleep, but I'm, I'm excited about it because I've seen some things. And uh, there are some things that are about to come up. In the near future. And this will help you. You need to know what you believe. And why you believe it. And I didn't plan it this way. The Lord knew we'd be on this one today. And so. uh, He sure is smart. Isn't he? Oh my. Somebody say. Show honor. honor. By conferring. conferring. Conferring upon. Proverbs 3. Are you there? What does the ninth verse say? Honor the Lord. Lord. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your substance. Now we know we should honor the Lord with our words. We should honor the Lord with our actions. We should honor the Lord with our deferring to Him and our preferring Him and His things. Should we honor the Lord with our stuff? Substance. Is it important? It is. He said, and with the first fruits of what? All your increase. The NIV says, honor the Lord with what? With your wealth. What if you don't have any wealth? Well, you're limited in being able to show honor in this area. Hmm? I was reading the other day, it talked about the saints in the beginning days of the church. He's the, Paul said, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Well, they had to have some, didn't they? Amen. He says, well, you need to be willing to sacrifice it all for Jesus. Well, you got to have it in order to be able to sacrifice it. Right. Right. And yeah, we need to be willing to, but you got to have it in order to sacrifice it. He said, honor the Lord with your, the new King James, with your possessions. Somebody say possessions, Possessions. wealth, Wealth. substance. Substance. Now that's what, you know, most of us just got through doing. Every time we come together, 
We sing and we give God our praise. We give God our worship. We give God our vocal and our heart adoration. And then we get in our pocket. Right? We get in our pocket. How many know you really find out when folk are serious when you start getting in your pocket? A lot of folk can talk a good talk. But when it comes time to actually write the check. Then you get a whole lot of humming and hawing and excuses and reasoning, this and that. If you want to know what's priority to you in life, go look at your check registers. Go look at your records. Because what you put the most money into is priority in your life. Whether you like it or not, that's how it is. Are you all with me? Oh, boy. If the king, how many understand if the kingdom of God is your life, your money is going to be in it too. If the church is important to you, you're going to put money into it. What, I mean, if golfing's important to you, you're going to put money into it. If cars are important to you, you're going to put money. If it's really important to you, you're going to put a lot of your money in it. So if you look at your registers and your records and you put money in golfing and you put money in your house and you put money in cars and you put money in clothes and almost nothing in the church and the kingdom of God, well, that's how it is. That's your priorities. That's what it is. And that's why tithing is so important, isn't it? Because you honor the Lord with what? Your substance and with what? First First, somebody say first. 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 The Bible said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that be added to you. That's why if God really is first in your life, he is also first in your finances. If he's not first in your finances, he's not first in all your life. Finances are a big part of your life. How many people spend most of their week working trying to make money? So when you're talking about money, you're talking about big portions of your life. That you gave in exchange for that green. Days out of your life that you gave in exchange for that money. So whatever you exchange, when you're exchanging that money that you spent your life for, it's actually your life. Hmm? If I worked for X amount of months or years to get these thousands of dollars, and then I gave these thousands of dollars or spent it on this, I spent my life for that. Because I had to spend my life to get the money. So it's a deal. Right? It's an important thing. And if God is really first in my life, then he is going to be first in my money. And that's why we, Phyllis and I, have done this for years. The church does this. More Life Ministries does this. Everything that comes in, we take the first 10 plus and way plus over 10%. Right off the top, before we pay a bill, before we look at anything, and it goes into the God account, that's God's money. We do it first. Tithes and offerings. And we're blessed. Look what God's done for us in six years. Look what God has done for us. Look how much he's enabled us to give to other people. Glory to God. Well, we couldn't have given it if we didn't have it. Read the verse out loud again. Honor the Lord with what? Now, it's good to honor the Lord with your words, but is that what he's talking about here? Not with your words, with what? Other translation, one says money. We read one that says wealth. Another one says possessions, so it's very plain what we're talking about here. Your wealth, your money, your possessions, your stuff. So you can honor the Lord that way. Look in Acts 28, please. Acts 28. I'm so glad to be a part of a company of believers that believe this and are not negative and not stingy and selfish and Ignorant of the things of God. There are a lot of folk who want to make a lot of fuss about it. But I'm not going back. Amen. How can we who've seen the truth of his word. How can we who've been blessed like we have. Go back to empty tradition. Amen. Go back to selfishness and ignorance. Amen. Cannot, will not. Amen. Will not. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. 
of these verses. The words of the Lord. Acts 28, are you there? Acts 28, Paul and company are, uh, you know, shipwrecked on this island and all the things that have happened here. And down in about verse uh, 9, it says, when this was done, Acts 28, 9, others which had diseases in the island came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they loaded us with such things as were necessary. Had God moved in their midst, people had been healed, people had been saved, no doubt filled with the Spirit and delivered from all manner of things. And when they got ready to go, even though Paul came to them as a prisoner, and at first they thought he was a murderer who deserved to get snake bit, now what happened? Said they loaded us with all kind of things. Everything needful and necessary. So I mean, it made the rest of their voyage pleasant. They had all kind. They had clothes. They had jewelry. They had food. They had stuff. Did they honor Paul and his company in doing that? Did they honor God? Did they honor what well, it was the Lord that you know raised Paul up and anointed him and gave him the revelation and it was the Lord that did all that? Well, they can't give God clothes. They can't feed God, right? So how can you do it? How can you honor God in this sense? How many remember Jesus said, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. He also said, Inasmuch as you have not done it to the least of these, my brethren, you did not do it to me. So I think there are numerous opportunities that people have had to honor God by honoring men and women, and they have not done it. Amen. Of course, how many know it's good to have plenty of ability to do so? Yes. Yes. This is another reason why you need to believe God and get prosperous. Yes. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise uh, go with me, if you would, to uh, Mark, the seventh chapter. Them that honor me, the Lord said, I will honor. Okay, we believe that. How do we honor him? We honor him by how we speak, how we refer to him and his things. We must not speak about his, uh, how many know you never say, uh, refer to this as that old book. How you refer to something shows what you think about it. One fellow would say he came to one preacher that was just off the wall with a bunch of stuff. And he said, well now, he said, brother, I... I heard what you said, but now you're going to have to show me that in the Bible. And he said, the fellow point, he said, oh, that thing? He said, I'm way out beyond that. Oh. <laughs> well, he's out beyond me then. Yeah. <laughs> that thing? How many understand the way he refers to the Word of God says volumes, yes. doesn't it? Yes. You know, they referred to Jesus, they referred to Moses as that fellow. They said, as that fellow, we don't know what's become of him. That's their God-chosen anointed leader, right? They referred to Jesus. He's just Mary's boy. He's just a carpenter. Who's he? Who does he think he is? Was it that he thought too much of himself or that they didn't think enough of him? And when you hear people talking that way today, it's the same thing. Well, who do they think they are? Well, is it they really think too highly of themselves or you don't have enough respect? You don't have honor. How you refer, how you defer, how you prefer, and now we're talking about confer. In Mark, what did we say, the seventh chapter? And the uh, tenth verse, well, let me read verse nine. Jesus said, full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. Are there people today that put their traditions ahead of the word of God and ignore the word to keep their traditions? All over the place. For Moses said, honor, he said what? Honor. honor your father and your mother. Now, what does that mean? The word of God said, honor your father and mother. What does that mean? Some people say, well, that means obey. No, Mm-mm. two different things. 
The scripture said, children, obey your parents. Most of the folk I'm looking at are not children. Someone said, I have to obey mom and daddy all my life. You're not a child. But you are supposed to honor them. Hmm? When you get old enough, a good parent will wean you off of them and onto the Holy Spirit. And a wise parent won't try to run your life and tell you what to do. Well, if a parent is not wise enough to know that, then you need to be led by the Lord enough sometimes to smile and say, well, I love you, you know, mother, father, but, you know, I need to be led. But now children should obey their parents, whether they think so or not. (laughs) But there comes a time when you're not a child anymore. But I don't care how old you are and how old they are, you are always to honor. Honor. How do you honor mother and father? Someone said, well, they've acted crazy and they've done this. How can I respect them? They don't have to do a thing to earn your respect. God told you to honor them just by right of the place they have in your life. He didn't say if they do this or they don't do this. He just told you, I don't care if they're the biggest drunk, if they're the biggest drug dealer, if they're the biggest womanizer, if they're the biggest liar and thief. If they're your father, you honor them every way you can. Because they're still your father. They're still your mother. Now, you may not be able to agree with everything that they do and participate in everything they do. And you certainly don't have to do everything they tell you to do. But you can still show them honor by the way you refer to them, by the way you treat them. And you want to believe God and honor them in this way, too. Jesus said this. Look, he said, Moses said, honor your father and mother, and whoever curses father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is korban, in other words, it's all an offering, that is to say a gift by whatever you might be profited by me, you suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect with your tradition. How did Jesus interpret honor mother and father? As doing things for them materially. That's how Jesus interpreted it. As doing things for mother and father financially and materially. And he said, you've come up with this thing that you say, all my money is for the Lord and for offering. And that relieves me from doing anything financially for my mother and father. And that's when he said, you have made the word of God of no effect by your tradition. If Jesus interprets this verse, honor mother and father, as doing things for mother and father materially, should we take it seriously? Then is conferring things upon people, is it important and is it honor? Now this applies in both areas. We, the Bible tells us to honor our elders and this is both natural and spiritual, isn't it? You know, the Bible talked about know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And those that labor in the word and doctrine should be counted worthy of double honor. A lot of translations say double money, double pay. So both your natural parents and elders and your spiritual parents and elders, you should honor them not just with your words, but with your stuff. And you need to keep up with it. You don't need to forget people that helped you get started. Amen. People that taught you. You don't need to feel like, well, I've outgrown them and I don't need them anymore. That's ignorance. That's pride. If somebody didn't help you get started, you couldn't have taken step two. I'm so thankful that the Lord allowed me to do a few things. You know, my natural dad, he's already in heaven. And I'm excited about that. Glad for him. But uh, the Lord allowed me. To honor him with some natural things. Bought him a sports car. (laughs) Twin turbo job. Red as a fire truck. He enjoyed it. He he scared a lot of people with that thing. (laughs) The Lord allowed me to buy him a motorcycle. He rode the thing every day. Enjoyed it tremendously. 
The Lord allowed me to do a number of things. Give him a bunch of clothes and do a bunch of things. And he's already at home now. I'm so glad I was able to. I'm so glad I didn't wait. Are you with me? It honored him. I said it honored him. It wasn't just money. It wasn't just stuff. It was an expression of my heart, of my respect, of my thanks. And how many know you you can say it so many times and it means so much, but when they look out the window and the car sitting there paid for, it speaks loud. Doesn't it? It goes, hey, (laughs) this is in your face every day. I know Brother Happy Caldwell caught me down at the minister's conference and he looked at me and every time he sees me, he says, Brother Keith, he said, every time I sit down in that thing, it's just like the Lord puts his arms around me and says, I love you, Happy Caldwell. And it ministers to him. Well, he and Miss Jeannie, they were word of faith when most folk had not a clue what word of faith was. They've been faithful. They've stood. They've sown seed. And the Lord wanted to honor him, yes. honor them. Yes. Speaks volumes, doesn't it? Say confer. Confer upon. My father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, you know, I during the earlier part of my ministry, it just there were times when I'd just be almost overwhelmed at how rich of the things that God was bringing into my life through this man. And through the ministry, things I'd been ignorant of all my life, things my parents never knew, their parents never knew, generations back. And he's bringing us into these light and truth that's totally changing our life. And I said, Lord, help me to bless this man some way. Help me to honor this man some way. And it was my heart. Well, for years I was broke and had nothing and believing for every tank of gas and lunch money. But there came a time. Somebody said there came a time. Years, actually decades but uh, how many times going to pass anyway? You might as well be sowing your seed and believing. And um, he had a nice car, very nice car, but his truck was old. And he had four-wheel drive. Sometimes the weather was icy and snowy and that kind of. He'd come in it. And, of course, by this time, he's in his uh, late 70s, I guess early 80s. And uh, sometimes I'd talk to him, Brother Hagen, you know, why don't you get you a new truck? You know, we saw this one. That. Ah, he said, this one's good enough. And I'd try to talk to him, and I'd realize that he's not interested, you know. So I'd drop it. And, I mean, the thing is getting old, and it's, you know, it's to be replaced. And I just wanted to see him in something nice. I didn't like to see him in something old. And, of course, that was me. But uh, several years went by. And we were down in a meeting, and uh, the minister we were there with had a brand-new Lexus SUV, the biggest one. The nicest one had the gold trim on it. I mean, it's a very nice vehicle. It's an expensive vehicle. And we went back and forth to the services in that, and he liked it. And I could tell that he liked it. He didn't say too much, but I'd see him rubbing the side of it, you know. <laughs> and he'd kind of relax in the seat and hold on. To it. I thought, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many know when you love people, you watch for stuff like this? And you look for things like that. And so... Uh, I brought it up on purpose at the lunch table one time, and two of my brother ministers were there with me. I said, you know, that Lexus, boy, that's nice. He said, yep, that's nice. I said, uh, why don't you get one of them? He said, oh, my old Bronco's just good enough. He said, that's, I don't care. And I said, yeah, but why don't you get one? And the other guys saw I had something in my eye, you know, and they said, yeah, Dad. They called him Dad in respectful terms. said, you ought to get one. If you want one. You've served God for all these years, and if it's something you'd enjoy in this life, yeah. He said, oh, I don't want to spend all that money. I don't want to get that. And I looked at them, and I said, how about if we do it? <laughs> and they, boy, they jumped on it with both feet. They said, yeah, Dad, how about if we do it? He said, uh, uh, uh. I, I said, yeah, please, Dad, let us do it. Please let us do it. He said, well, all right, few boys, Okay. <laughs> And I'm telling you, me and Ronnie and Reggie went thirds on it, and we bought the biggest, fanciest, showiest. It had gold on everything. It had gold on the antenna, gold plush, everything with special wheels, and he enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. It had automatic uh, suspension. When you pull up and put it in park, it lowered down. 
course, he and Miss Aretha's getting a little older and made it easier to get out. And he'd come just to show it off. He said, watch this. Put it for <laughs> He said, it's like a camel. It kneels down. So, so you can get out. Uh, he enjoyed that vehicle for years. Now he's in heaven. And mom said, I am so glad. I am so thankful that the Lord allowed us to be a part of that. Is it honor? Yes. Is it real? Yes. Can you show honor when your heart's right with stuff, yes, sir. with things, yes, sir. with money? I know I had a high school teacher years ago, a man of color who during some of the desegregation was put in some very awkward and uncomfortable situations, but he behaved himself as an honorable Christian man. He gave a good example in front of us boys, white and black. And was just, a, there are times he pulled money out of his pocket when I didn't have it. When we were out of town doing things and kept me from being embarrassed. And the Lord dealt with me said, he, he actually helped us. We were on a uh, speaking uh, competition team. And uh, the Lord said, some of what you do today, he helped you get started in. Standing up in front of people and speaking and that kind of thing. He said, I want you to find him and go honor him. Well, I didn't know if he was alive or dead. I mean, it had been many years, and I didn't know where he was. But I'm going to know if you want to. You can try hard enough. You can find out. And so after many calls and much searching, I found him. And I said, you know, Mr. So-and-so, I said, can I uh, thank God for him? He was just a wonderful man. We boys had come with their shirt tails out and raggedy, and he would have none of it. You had to have your shirt tail in. You had to show respect. You And we prayed before every class. I don't care what nobody said. We prayed. <laughs> and uh, just a godly good man, you know. And so I went. He had a little farm that he was on. Now he's retired for many years, older. And I found him. And uh, he was so glad to see me. And he, he hugged my neck. And he said, I hadn't seen him since the high school, you know. And, and so I didn't just rush in in five minutes and rush out. I came and sat down with him for hours. We talked about his cows. We talked about his truck. We talked about this. We talked about that. And the Lord had given me a nice dress watch. Best one I'd ever had. And the Lord prompted me, give it to him. Tell him how much he means to you. Honor him. Bless him. So we stood up and I called his name. I said, I want to thank you. When we were in school, you handled yourself so admirably in the face of bigots and racists and, and you did not get on their level and you showed yourself a Christian and you were a good example to us boys and girls and, and I just thank God for you. And you have a part in what I'm doing today in the ministry. You helped me learn how to stand up in front of people and speak and I would like to sow this to you and I took it off my arm and I put it on his and I hugged his neck and he cried like a baby. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Well, it's just a watch. No, it's not just a watch. No. There's something more than the material thing. Yeah. But the material thing can be a point of contact yeah. to express it. Yeah. So that it's not just empty words. Here's something solid yeah. to back it up. Yeah. I was, without saying it, I was saying, this watch is a nice watch. I like this watch. This is the nicest watch I've ever had. But I think more of you than I do this watch. And here it goes. Oh, can you see this? Somebody say praise God. Honoring the Lord through conferring. And how many believe that when you honor people like that, it honors God? Does he take it personally? He does. Now go with me to John 12, please. Don't you touch something deep when you get into these things? Don't you touch some precious things that you can tell are near to the heart of God? And dear to him? Why? Well, it's about valuing people more than stuff. It's about holding people in the highest esteem. In uh, John, the 12th chapter, John 12 and verse 1, the Bible says, Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Don't you think they're having a wonderful time? Their brother was dead in the grave out there, stinking, not long ago. And he's sitting up in the table, sitting up at the table eating mashed potatoes. 
drinking and laughing with Jesus. And then Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard. Very costly. Somebody say very costly. Say it again. That means very expensive. Now I looked up a few things on this and it's interesting. I didn't even realize this. Uh, one Bible commentary said this, that this was normally sold by the ounce and was very expensive for an ounce. She's got a pound of it. Now we read in, uh, we're going to look at it in just a minute in Matthew's account and said uh, another, well, right here it, it talks about it was worth uh, 300 pence. Now that may not sound much to you, but uh, average wage was one pence a day. And so we're talking about a year's wages and depending on who uh, who's working and what they're getting paid, how many understand we're talking at least about thousands of dollars, more likely scores of thousands, could be hundreds of thousands by today's money. I don't know. But if it's very expensive, whatever's very expensive then would be very expensive now. Somebody say, not just expensive. Very expensive. Very. Very expensive. It was sold by the ounce. Precious. High dollar. She has a whole pound of it. In a special, they said the box it came in was very expensive. It was hermetically sealed, even in those days. Amazing. And uh, she came and she took all that and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Why did she do this? Why did she do this? Out of love, out of thanks, out of honor. Was she endeavoring to honor him? How many believe this was the most expensive thing she had? Hmm? And she took it and she spent it all. One one fell swoop. And uh, then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Now let's just stop right here. This is what we're hearing through the media right now, isn't it? And apparently we're about to hear some more of it. Apparently they're not through. But we're hearing it over and over and over. And people are just, they are arrogant about these things. And the problem is Christians are just cowering and folding and acting like they're right. When they say, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus wear a Rolex? Jesus would never drive a Rolls Royce. I disagree. Jesus would never wear a $10,000, $20,000, $100,000 watch. I disagree. He received this very expensive personal gift. He received it. Somebody said out loud, Jesus, Jesus received, received very, expensive very expensive personal gifts. Personal gifts. Now, if he believed, like some people claims he believes, he would have made this a point of example, yes, wouldn't he? If he dislikes, is displeased when you or I receive something expensive instead of giving it to the needy, if it really did displease him, he would have made a point of it. Right here, this, this is a perfect example yes, sir. to set us straight. Yes. He would have given us the right example. Yes, sir. He would have said, now, dear, I know your heart, and I appreciate it, but this is not what I want. I don't want you giving me nice things personally. I want you to give that to the needy, to the hungry. That's what I want. Why didn't he say it? Why did he receive it? Why did he let her do it? People say, well, you know, what would Jesus do? You need to be more interested in what Jesus did. What did he do? Instead of conjecturing and theorizing, you need to look at what he did. 
What did Jesus do? Let me tell you some things Jesus did. Jesus' parents received large amounts of money in gold and silver and spices when he was born. And they kept it. And they spent it, I guess. Jesus ate. He and his disciples ate nice meals in nice places. So much so that he was criticized by the religious leaders. They said he is a glutton and a drunkard. He eats and parties with publicans and sinners. Didn't they say it? Didn't they say it? So says, well, he wouldn't ride in a car. He rode a donkey. That was the nice, comfortable car of the day. Kings, princes rode donkeys. They rode smooth. They're comfortable. What were airplanes of the day? Ships. Ships were the greatest way of long-range travel in the day. He and his disciples were in ships so much, they had frequent Voyager miles. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> the Bible said that there were rich women. Name several of them. Joanna and Suzanne, different ones, said they ministered to him, not just his ministry, they ministered to him of their substance. And apparently he received it. Jesus did not preach poverty. And he did not practice poverty. Millions around us are trying to tell us that he did. And that Jesus would never do that. Jesus would never use that. He did. He did. He received very expensive personal gifts. Now keep reading. Judah said, why wasn't this ointment sold for 300 pence? All this money, $10,000, $20,000, whatever it was. Why wasn't it sold for $25,000 and given to the poor? Is that a good argument? Millions think it is. Someone says, well, that was Jesus now, and you ain't Jesus. Listen, these people did not know him and see him as the Son of God. They did not. And he knew this woman is given this to him, not as the Son of God, as a man, as a prophet of God, as her man of God. He knew that. He knew how she was doing that. And if he wanted to set an example, it would have been the perfect place. If he wanted you and I to avoid these things and stay away from these things, the last thing he should have done was receive it. But he received it because he meant to receive it. And not only did he mean to receive it, he meant to make a permanent record, and we're going to read here in a few moments. He said, I want everywhere this gospel is preached, I want this told what this woman has done. Why? Because it is an expression of the pure heart, love, and honor of God. And Judas is saying it could have been sold. We could have sold this for $25,000 and given it to the poor. Now let's just stop. Did Jesus need this? No. No. It didn't feed him. It didn't clothe him. It didn't house him. People say that's lavish. That's extravagant. Yes. In fact, the Bible commentator, and this was written many, many years ago, he said that about this. I thought it was very interesting. He said a flask would contain normally not more than an ounce. So Mary is tremendously extravagant here. Well, she meant to be. That was the whole purpose of it. Over the top. Some folk thought that truck we bought, excuse me, every time I said truck, Brother Hagen would correct me. He said it's not a truck. It's an SUV. (laughs) Every time. Never fail. I call it a truck. That SUV that we got him, it was over the top. Gold and chrome everywhere. Why? That's what we wanted it to be. We didn't want it to just look like everything on the road. We wanted it over the top. Should he have been ashamed to drive it? Now see, there are millions that will tell us No real man of God would keep a $100,000 watch 
would keep a $300,000 car. No real man of God would do that. They would sell it. And they would put the money to the needy. Jesus didn't. Are y'all with me or not? Now we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. They ministered to the poor. There were times that he'd send them out to do things. In fact, when Judas got up to go betray them, the other other disciples thought he was just going to do something for the poor. They did it on a regular basis. But this is right too. In fact, he said, the poor you'll have with you always. But me, you won't have always. Why did this woman do this? And why are they, they are trying to shame her, aren't they? They're trying to shame her. You silly woman. You stupid woman. Don't you know how many people could have been fed with this? Don't you know how many people could have been clothed with this? You give this all to the preacher? You silly woman. They're trying to shame her. Why are they trying to shame her? Not just Judas. The others got caught up in it too. I want to give you two big reasons why they were trying to shame her. One, they did not value who was in their midst. How many understand they could not have seen how precious and how valuable he was to them or they'd have not said a word. They have been around him long enough now. They're taking him for granted. They're used to him. And they're looking at him more as just a man. And they don't value him. They value this money more than they do him. Secondly, at least one of them wanted it for himself. And was so greedy that he wanted it in the bag where he could get to it and steal it. Isn't that right? So when you hear people talking that way today, you know where they're coming from. The problem is they want it for themselves. Jesus didn't preach poverty. He didn't practice poverty. They had enough money. They had to have a treasurer. Somebody to keep up with it. And they had enough in the treasury, in the bags, that he, Judas, is embezzling and it's not immediately evident. How many know if you only got $5 and somebody takes one? <laughs> Somebody's going to know it. Peter or John or somebody's going to say, hey, we had five dollars. What do you mean there's only four? (laughs) But when you got enough money, portions can go missing and you don't even notice it because you got enough. And we've already referred to scriptures where rich people were sowing into them on a regular basis. He said people who had been delivered, people who had been healed. How many know when you've been delivered and healed, it's right? To show honor to whom honor is due. Yeah, man didn't heal you. Man didn't save you. But you can't give God a new suit. And yet you can. Jesus enjoyed nice things. They ate well. They participated in good things. They had a lot of money coming into their ministry. His clothes were super expensive. Anybody remember that? When they crucified him. A lot of times with criminals, nobody wanted to close. They'd burn them. They'd been in jail, all this kind of stuff. They, none of his clothes were thrown away. Every piece of it they kept. But when they got to the coat, they about fought over that. And the Bible said it was woven without seam. Extremely expensive. I don't know about you, but every piece of clothes I got in my closet has got seams. How about you? What does that mean? It was cut in pieces and sewed together. What if I said, well, no, I want a custom-made jacket. I want you to go to the manufacturer and have them weave it one piece. What would that cost? Well, I mean, even a decent suit is expensive. What would that cost? It is super expensive. Jesus wore it. That's what he wore. Now, I suppose somebody gave it to him or gave him the money to get it. or I mean, and here's the thing. He received it. Would Jesus wear a Rolex? They didn't have Rolexes. But the answer is obviously yes. 
If somebody that loved him sold it to him as a seed of honor, apparently yes. He received super expensive gifts, super expensive clothes. He wore them. He used them. He received them. Why do people talk like this? They do not understand the honor of God. And they do not value the things of God and the people of God. I heard one guy talking about some of these things a while back. He said, oh, these churches, these preachers, all of them are liars. All of them are thieves. These churches are a waste and a drain on society. Every one of them needs to be eliminated. Now, that's what the enemy would like to do. Now, it seems like some people think it ain't going to affect them. They're just attacking the prosperity preaching preachers. Well, what's next? What's next? The devil wants the whole world to despise preachers. Why? So that nobody wants to listen to them. Nobody will hear the words. And listen, here's another reason why he wants the whole world to despise preachers. He doesn't want any of our children wanting to be one. He'd like for it to die with our generation. How many understand if all your kids believe that to be a preacher, you got to be despised and broke and nothing? Who wants to get into that? Who wants to be that? And so the richest and best of our youth are going off into areas where they feel like they can be a success. And they wouldn't even consider going into the ministry. Now listen. There are groups that call themselves Christian. And some are and some are not. But their belief is that if you're a minister, you should have nothing. You should take a vow of poverty. There are groups that believe this very strongly. If you're going to be a minister, you have to take a vow of poverty and own nothing. Never mind, that's not what Jesus did, but that's what they believe you should do. There are other groups, they don't believe that. But they believe that if you're a preacher, you should only have barely enough. Just barely enough. No more. It's okay to have barely enough, but no more. There's other groups that believe it's okay to live a modest lifestyle. Uh, Not too little, but certainly not too much. And more emphasis on the not too much part. I mean, you can have a a medium price suit. You don't have to have the cheapest one, but not the nicest one. You can drive a moderately priced car, not to be the cheapest car, but not the nicest one. No, no. The groups that believe that. Just like there are groups that believe preachers should have nothing. They should take a vow of poverty. Why can't there be another group? Last time I checked, this was the USA. And we got the right to believe something different if we want to. We got the right to believe the Bible as we understand it and as we read it and as we see it. Why can't we believe it's right for our ministers and our elders naturally and spiritually and all of us to be blessed? Oh, we do. Y'all do. Y'all have taken wonderful care of Phyllis and I and the other ministers. We're well taken care of. Well, greatly blessed. He said, why wasn't this sold and given to the poor? He said, just because he was a thief. And he had to bag and he bare what was put there in. Jesus said to him, let her alone. What would he say to these people today? <laughs> Leave them alone. They're doing this for me. Do- now there are some people that's liars and thieves and you know. But then you got that in any profession. You guys have blessed us. The Lord has blessed us. We got a nice place to live in. We eat good, we wear good, we drive good, we fly good. Should I be ashamed of it? Should I be embarrassed? See, the enemy's trying to shame us. Why should I be ashamed? Why should I be embarrassed? Why should you be embarrassed? Why should you be embarrassed of us? Or for yourself? Now, I just want you to know, I ain't backing off. Okay. And I hope you don't get ashamed and I hope you don't get miffed. I'd go to jail over this. I'd die over this. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my words in front of this evil and adulterous generation, I'll be ashamed of you. 
before the Father and His angels. Ashamed of what? Of His words. This is not just about stuff. I am not ashamed of Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. I'm not ashamed of Luke 6.38. Give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I'm not ashamed of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I'm not ashamed that he said he became poor for our sakes so that we might be made rich. I'm not ashamed of 1 Corinthians 6.17 that we're to trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. The Bible said he gives us power to get wealth. He would bless us and pour out blessings that there's not room enough to receive. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not going to back off of it. I'd die over it. Are you listening? Yes, sir. Lord of God. Now, if I had stood up here and lied to you, if you had sown money into the building fund and I took it and bought a car with it, I should be ashamed. I've not done that. I've never done that. Money that we said went somewhere, that's where it went. Every time. The offerings, I don't, that's not my money. I don't just dip into that when I want to and if I want to. The board sets our salary. We're audited by an outside firm. Everything's above board. Everything's the best and cleanest we know how to make it to be. Why should I be ashamed when the Lord's blessed us? If I believe this, if I preach this, shouldn't it come to pass in my life? Huh? If I sow my seed, you know how we sow. Dear me, if I believe what I preach, shouldn't I get a harvest somewhere, sometime? Shouldn't something be going on here? If it don't work for me, should you be encouraged? No. We should not just be an example in right living. We should be an example of faith. We should be an example of vision. We should be an example of prosperity. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Of the words of the Lord. I'm not ashamed of the new birth. I'm not ashamed of healing. I'm not ashamed of being filled with the Spirit. And I'm not ashamed of the words that He spoke about prosperity. I'm not ashamed of that either. Stand up on your feet. Somebody say, I'm not ashamed. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What would Jesus do? All you got to do is find out what he did. And you know what he'd do because he never changes. Same yesterday, today, and forever. I was thinking about this. How many remember the story of David? They're in war. He looks over. At a well he used to enjoy and go by and drink out of, but it's over in enemy territory now. And he just said, man, I'd like to have a drink of that water. Three of his mighty men overheard him. Anybody remember the story? They looked at each other. They said, Did you hear what I hear? But yeah. He said, the king wants a drink. I know. What do you think we ought to do? Well, you know what we ought to do. They broke through enemy lines. Just the three of them. Broke through the line. Got to the well. I guess two of them fought while one drew water. Got them a jug of the water out of that well. Then had to fight their way back through the line. To get through. And here they came and the king's there and. They're bloody and sweaty and and dirty. And they said, oh, king. He said, yeah, man. We heard you say something about some water from the well. He said, yeah, yeah. They said, (laughs) straight out of the well just a few minutes ago. He said, man. (sighs) He stood up. Now, let's just stop right here. Is this expensive water? It could have cost the lives of three men. Now at first read you'd think. That's a fool thing to do. Risk.
risk your life over a jug of water for a man that's got water? That's a fool thing to do. Why would you say that? Because you don't understand honor. And it goes further. They presented that to him. This is their king. This is the man that's led them through thick and thin. This is the anointed psalmist. They respect him. They love him. And now you see why. He lifted up that jug. He said, man, this is too precious for me to drink. This is like your blood. He said, I can't drink this. It's too valuable. I'm going to pour it out as an offering to the Lord. And he did. He said, Lord, I'm giving this to you. And he poured it out. Somebody said, on the ground? Yeah. Somebody said, that's crazy. That's because you only know natural things. And you don't know God like you need to. If you did, how many understand, if you know God and you understand what this means, it touches you inside. You think, oh, oh, yeah. Did they honor their king? Did he honor God? And what happens when you honor God? How many know God honored the king? Even though he made some terrible mistakes, he brought him back home. He established him. He restored him. How many know no matter how, what kind of fix David got in, God gave him victory. He gave him deliverance. Did he honor him? He honored him. Now we know why. David honored him. Lift up your hands and close your eyes. Father, we worship you. We give you glory. We praise you. Oh, we thank you. Oh, we thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.